Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Song Lines and Tan Lines podcast, a place to take a momentary break from your day-to-day routine. Those returning, thank you. The support is appreciated. Those new to this podcast, welcome. Now let's pull up the anchor and set sail. This episode, I'm diving into the history of ornaments, the Christmas tree, and Santa Claus. And the song that opened the episode is Malakaliki Maka, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's from Jimmy's album, Christmas Island. Now, let's get into some ornaments. This comes from the website oldworldchristmas.com, and it gives you an idea why we have ornaments on our trees. The article starts like this. Have you ever found yourself asking, Why do we hang ornaments on a tree? Come along as we travel back in time to answer this question. Join Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer in the 16th century, walking home on a snowy winter evening, pondering a sermon. The moon was shining bright in the sky, and snow was freshly fallen. The snow was resting on the tree limbs, sparkling, shining, and glittering like the stars in the sky. Martin was so struck by the beauty of God's nature that he wanted to capture this brilliance and bring it home to share with his family. So, he came up with the idea of placing lighted candles on his Christmas tree. The Luther family tree was displayed in the main room with lighted candles that shined the flickering candlelight. Just like the snowy scene, the candlelight illuminated the tree's decorations. Ornaments such as paper flowers, cookies, fruit, and nuts were used to decorate Christmas trees as a sign that spring and life would return in the coming months. Paper streamers, popcorn, and cranberries were strung to add color and life to the Christmas tree. And prisons need 
that's another favorite song of mine, I'll Be Home for Christmas, from Jimmy's album, Christmas Island. And let's get back to the article I was talking about. It says, To really understand why we decorate Christmas trees, we must travel back farther in time to the year 723. St. Boniface was working his way through Germany on an evangelical mission. Boniface came across a pagan gathering. The people were dancing around a decorated oak tree, preparing to sacrifice a baby in the name of Thor. Boniface was appalled at the sight, and in one swing of an axe, chopped down the oak tree in the name of Jesus Christ. When the oak tree fell, it revealed a small fir tree. Boniface explained to the group that the fir tree is a symbol of the one true God. Its leaves are evergreen and it will not die, with even its needles pointing to heaven. Tradition states that from that moment, fir trees were brought into Christian homes, decorated in the name of Jesus, hanging religious ornaments on a tree, was a way to honor the true meaning of Christmas, Jesus Christ's birthday. So there you go, a brief history on why we have ornaments on our trees. Moving on, now a brief history of the Christmas tree from whychristmas.com. Evergreen trees and other evergreen plants have traditionally been used to celebrate winter festivals, pre-Christian, pagan, and Christian, for thousands of years. Pre-Christian pagans used branches of evergreen trees to decorate their homes during their winter solstice, as it made them think of the spring to come. The Romans used fir trees to decorate their temples at the festival of Saturnalia. However, they were quite different to what we think of as Christmas trees. Now, nobody is really sure when fir trees were first used as Christmas trees. It probably began about 1,000 years ago in northern Europe. Christmas trees might well have started out as Paradise trees, branches or wooden frames decorated with apples. Those were used in medieval German mystery or miracle plays that were acted out in front of churches during Advent and on Christmas Eve. In early church calendars of saints, 24th December was Adam and Eve's day. The paradise tree represented the Garden of Eden. It was often paraded around the town before the play started as a way of advertising the play. The plays told Bible stories to people who could not read. Christmas trees as they came to be now started around the late 1400s into the 1500s in what's now Germany was the Holy Roman Empire then. The paradise tree had more decorations on it, sometimes communion wafers, cherries, and later pastry decorations of stars, bells, angels, etc. were added. And it even got a new nickname, the Christ Bomb or Christ Tree. Merry Christmas, Alabama. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Louisiana, to St. Bart's 
another great one from that great Jimmy Buffett Christmas album called Christmas Island and that song is called Merry Christmas Alabama and also on the site whychristmas.com there are some other interesting stats about the Christmas tree here are some of them there are folk stories about how tinsel was created by the Christmas spider these tales seem to have started in eastern Germany, Poland, or Ukraine, but are also told in parts of Finland and Scandinavia. The stories are now also popular in other countries, such as the USA, and all the versions of the story involve a poor family who can't afford to decorate a tree for Christmas. In some versions, the tree grew from a pine cone in their house. In others, the family have brought a tree into the house. When the children go to sleep on Christmas Eve, a spider covers the tree in cobwebs. Then on Christmas morning, the cobwebs are magically turned into silver and gold strands, which decorate the tree. And there's more on that too, but again, it's a lot, so I won't go into detail too much. You can read more on your own. Now let me move on to some more fun facts about Christmas trees. From this same site, Why Christmas? Com. The record for the most Christmas trees chopped down in two minutes is 27 and belongs to Erin Lavoy from the USA. She set the record on 19th December 2008. And according to the Guinness World Records, the tallest cut Christmas tree was 221 feet tall. It was a Douglas fir set up at the Northgate Shopping Center in Seattle, Washington. USA in December 1950. The tallest artificial Christmas tree was 236.5 feet tall and was made by the Arjuna Ratatunga Social Services in Sri Lanka in Colombo, Sri Lanka on December 24, 2016. And in many countries, different trees are used as Christmas trees. In New Zealand, a tree called the Pahu Takawa, that has red flowers, is sometimes used. And in India, banana or mango trees are sometimes decorated. There you go. Some interesting facts about the Christmas tree. And one butchered word. That word is Pahu Takawa. It was spelled P-O-H-U-T-A-K-A-W-A. Now, let's dive into another Christmas song.
And that cover version of that song comes from Jimmy's Christmas album, Tis the Sea Sun. Not season. It's S-E-A-S-O-N. Season. I think you get it, right? All right. Now time for Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. Ever heard of him? History.com had this to say about the jolly old elf, St. Nick. It starts like this. We know very few historical details about St. Nicholas' life. Even the year of his death is uncertain, although both the Catholic and Eastern Orthodox churches have celebrated December 6th, the date of his passing for more than 1,000 years. Within a century of his death, the much-admired Nicholas had become the center of a series of folk legends. He was credited with stopping a violent storm to save doomed sailors, donating money to a father forced to sell his daughters into prostitution, and even restoring to life a trio of boys who had been dismembered by an unscrupulous butcher. That's a lot of dark stuff. Today, Nicholas is considered the patron saint of sailors, children, wolves, and pawnbrokers, among others as well as the inspiration for the figure of Santa Claus. By the Middle Ages, Nicholas' fame had spread to much of Europe, thanks in large part to the dissemination of parts of his skeleton to churches in Italy where they were venerated as relics. St. Nicholas' popularity eventually spread to Northern Europe, where stories of the monk mingled with Teutonic folktales of elves and sky chariots in the Netherlands, St. Nicholas took on the Dutch-friendly spelling Sinterklaas, which is spelled S-I-N-T-E-R-K-L-A-A-S. He was depicted as a tall, white-bearded man in red clerical robes who arrived every December 6th on a boat to leave gifts or coal lumps at children's homes. Stories of Sinterklaas were likely brought to the New World by Dutch settlers in the Hudson River Valley. In his satirical 1809 History of New York, Washington Irving portrayed St. Nicholas as a portly Dutchman who flew the skies in a wagon, dropping gifts down chimneys. In 1823, another New Yorker, Clement Clark Moore, penned the poem A Visit from St. Nicholas, which traded the wagon for a sleigh drawn by eight tiny reindeer. Beginning during the Civil War, cartoonist Thomas Nast published the first of a series of popular depictions of a rotund and jolly St. Nicholas. In 1879, Nast was the first to suggest that St. Nicholas lived not in Turkey, Spain, or Holland, but at the North Pole. There you go. The ornament, the Christmas tree, and Santa Claus. I hope you enjoyed those deep dives into their history. And the song that will close out the episode is going to be White Christmas from Jimmy's album, Tis the Sea Sun. Let me drop anchor here and close out the episode. Take care. Thanks for listening. And have a very Merry Christmas. The sun is shining. The grass is green, the orange and palm trees sway. There's never been such a day 
in Key West, FLA. But it's December the 24th, and I'm longing to be of no 